Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Woodland, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We're so glad you could join us, and we pray that this message you're listening to today is a blessing to your day, and I want to invite you also to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service and upcoming events, and uh, we hope that we can connect with you and see you soon. Of Nehemiah, amen, chapter number eight, beginning at verse number nine, amen. Thank you, praise team. So thankful for what we feel in the presence of the Lord. And I believe God is setting the stage for what he wants to do in this place today, amen. Nehemiah chapter eight, beginning at verse number nine, amen. And Nehemiah, which is the Trishatha, and Ezra, everybody say Ezra. The priest, uh, the, the priest, the scribe, and the Levites that taught the people said unto all the people, This day is holy unto the Lord your God. So he said, I want you to know something. This day is holy. And it's holy unto the holy. Holy means sanctified. It means separated apart from. He said, This day is holy unto the Lord your God. Mourn not, nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law amen they they heard they heard some real bible preaching and they wept and and the word the prophet said huh don't you weep over this don't be sad about this because there's freedom in the word of god amen verse number 10 then he said unto them go your way eat the fat I like that. And drink the sweet like that. And send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites stealed all the people saying, hold your peace. For the day is holy, neither be ye grieved. I want you to watch this. They were weeping and they were grieving because they had been in bondage. Nehemiah comes back, he builds up the walls, he builds, rebuilds the temple. And the preacher gets up and starts reading the word of God and the doctrine. And they all started weeping and crying because they thought, my Lord, I, and I don't know why people think this. They thought, I had more freedom being a slave. That's what they were thinking. I could eat what I want over there, do what I want over there. But now I come back into the temple and I come back into the promised place of God. And now, now God's going to say, don't eat this, don't do that. Make this day holy. And then Ezra stepped up and said, don't be sorry. You can't do this by yourself. But the joy of the Lord will be your strength. Because when it seems overwhelming and like it's just too much, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Let me clarify this because we've messed this up for decades. I don't get strong from God's joy. Let, let me rephrase that. I don't get strong because I get joy. I get strong because God has joy in me. 
for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Did not say joy was your strength. It said the joy of the Lord is your strength. So when God gets happy, I get strong. My strength is found in doing what is pleasing unto the Lord. Amen. Let me take a quick survey this morning to help me out. How many of you have ever been discouraged in your life? Would you raise your hand if you've ever been discouraged? Hold that hand up real high. I'm doing a very scientific survey here. Hold it up real high. Don't be ashamed of it. Amen. You've had discouragement. Don't be discouraged by your hand being up. Now look around. Look at all these hands. Okay, so I'm preaching to the right church today. I'm preaching to the right folks today. Because after all we've been through, after all you've walked through, you're still here today. And, and hell wants you to forget what God's brought you out of. So I want to preach on these three words today, and it's not grammatically correct. But I want to preach on these three words. Still got joy. After all the pain I've been through, I still got joy. After all the betrayals I've walked in, I've still got joy. Through all the heartache, I've still got joy. Through all the hell I've walked through, I still got joy. Oh, let's lift our hands to the Lord this morning. Jesus, we thank you for the strength in your presence today. Lord, I thank you for the mighty anointing. Lord, I pray right now that, Lord Jesus, you would begin to move in this house. Lord, bring freedom, bring liberty, bring peace. Oh, God, bring joy. Most of all, bring salvation and a renewal of your spirit. Lord, would you anoint me to preach your word this morning and anoint everyone to hear your word this morning and respond. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody shout amen. Would you give the Lord another hand clap of praise this morning before you're seated? Hallelujah. Come on, I still got joy. Thank you, Jesus. Now, now, just before you sit down, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, or you can call them by their name. Say, neighbor, you know that I've been through some stuff. Come on, tell them, you know I've been through some stuff. Tell them, and I know you've been through some stuff. But for the next 35 minutes, you're not going to know the hell I've been through. You're going to know the joy that has sustained me through what I've been through. I still got joy. Still got joy. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. This is Sister Joy's sermon today. Amen. 
You know, it's going to be a bad day when you wake up in the morning and you turn on the morning news and they're displaying emergency routes out of your city for an evacuation. You, you know, it's going to be a bad day when you wake up in the morning and the sun rose in the west and not in the east. You know, it's going to be a bad day when you show up to work and you walk in the door and your boss says, don't even bother taking your coat off. You know, you know it's going to be a bad day when, when your horn gets stuck going off behind a group of Hell's Angels bikers. You know you're about to have a bad day when you jump out of bed and, and you miss the floor. You, you know it's going to be a bad day when you wake up in the morning and your dentures are stuck together. You know it's going to be a bad day when you call your answering service and they tell you it ain't none of your business. You know it's about to be a bad day when you step on the scales in the morning in the bathroom and the thing lights up tilt. For those that are under 30, that means maxed out. You know it's going to be a bad day when you call the suicide prevention hotline and they put you on hold. We all have bad days. That's my point. We all have bad days. How many's ever had a bad day in your life? We all have bad days. We all get discouraged from time to time. We all inevitably are going to have a day in our life when we feel like everything is working against us. But my subject today is not how bad life can be, but that I still got joy. I've still got joy. Now, I'm not so naive to think that we will always be on top of the world, amen, walking on the mountaintop, for there will be the occasions in life that we live through that we're going to have to travel to the valley every once in a while. But neither am I so spiritually ignorant that I am not aware that God has provided for us in those times of valleys, he has provided for us joy in spite of our circumstance and in spite of our situation. Let, let me say it like this. We had an amazing Sunday of sacrifice in the first church campuses. Over $205,000 raised for missions, amen, and, and, and on one Sunday. And I thank God for that. But, but I want to tell you something, we rejoiced in that, we celebrated that, but I want, to be, I want to be transparent with you, and for those of you that have not yet made your pledge, this is not to discourage you, amen, but some folks, that, quite a few folks that made their pledge uh, discovered within the next few days that all hell was going to break loose in their life. I have never in 15 years of pastoring seen so many vehicles stop working. Ever. Vehicles stop working. We've never seen that. Newer vehicles, nice vehicles. For people that gave the, the, the biggest offering to missions they've ever given. And all of a sudden, cars start acting up. 
Or you get a dog that tries to fight a raccoon. That costs a lot of money too. That costs a lot of money. Things start happening. You get automobile problems. You get leaks in your house that you got to fix. You got dogs you got to get patched up. These things happen. But we're not ignorant of the devices of the devil. It's what the Bible says. We know how he works. You see, I don't get my joy by everything going right. I get my joy by knowing in whom I have believed. And I have confidence in who I have believed. The opposition, the opposition to my sacrifice does not make me regret my sacrifice. The opposition to my sacrifice further reiterates that I did the right thing because hell will not attack what he already possesses. He only attacks what he's threatened by and what he wants. So if the enemy has attacked you, I've come to encourage you. He's only doing it because he's scared of you. If hell is fighting against you, it's not because you did something wrong. It's because you did what was right. And hell hates it when you do what's right. So I understand that in this life, we'll have tribulation. In this life, we'll have trouble. In this life, we're going to have difficulties. In this life, we're going to have trials. In this life, we're going to have sickness, hard times. In this life, the storm will rise. The winds will blow. The waves will crash against your life. There will be discouragement. Life is not going to go as planned. There's going to be sorrow. There's going to be weeping. There's going to be financial difficulties. There's going to be dark days. There's going to be uncertain times. There's going to be high gas prices. There's going to be high uh, energy costs. There's going to be high taxes. There's going to be high. Even the politicians are high. Everything is high. And I'm giving the benefit of the doubt. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. And that's a nice thing because certainly this isn't the best 565 people in America. And sometimes you'll say, Pastor, you're hard against politicians. I'm just reciprocating. Certainly, this isn't the best and the brightest we've got. No, what we got is the 565 that were willing to sell their soul. Amen. There's going to be tough times in life. There's going to be hardships in life. Jesus never promised that it was always going to be smooth sailing. But the thing that God has provided for us is that in spite of the aforementioned calamities in our life that he would always give us joy in spite of what we're going through. Let me say it again. He will always give joy in spite of what you're going through. Notice I did not say happiness. I said joy. Happiness is predicated upon a situation in your life Joy is not dependent on anything, but it is dependent on one 
person and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Because my job's gonna let me down, my car's gonna let me down, family's gonna let me down, the house is gonna let me down, the dog's gonna let me down, but guess what, Jesus, he ain't never gonna let me down, and so no matter what my tribulation, I still got joy. Come on, high five somebody and tell them I still got joy. Tell somebody else I still got joy. Psalms chapter 30 and verse 5 says, David says, for his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. His anger endureth but a moment. In his favor, it it pays to have the favor of God in your life. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but guess what? Joy. It's coming in the morning. You need to look at your neighbor and say, I may have wept last night, but joy's coming in the morning. Come on, tell somebody else. I wept last night, but I'm dancing this morning. The darkest hour is always just before the sun rises. Some of you are in the darkest point of your life. You're in the darkest point of your marriage. You're in the darkest point of your finances and your health. But I've come to tell you, if you'll just hold on, the sun will come up again and you will have joy. Somebody shout, still got joy. Come on, shout it, still got joy. Prophet said in Isaiah 61 and 3, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes and the all of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Now let me tell, amen, something that maybe not here, but uh, uh, maybe you'll go through this or you have before. Maybe I'm preaching to some folks that are watching online. Now let me tell you, sorry, pitiful, sap-sucking, lemon-munching, always got a frown on your face, uh, and you think that people, you're reflecting God's goodness, uh, amen, just because you look like this, God's not being glorified out of that. Isaiah 61 and 3 says uh, that it is the joy. It is a garment of praise. Uh, Amen. It is beauty for ashes uh, that you become like the tree of the righteous, uh, the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. God's not glorified when you're whining and complaining and you're moaning, but God is glorified when all hell breaks loose loose in your life and you say I still got joy I still got joy how how can you have joy did you get a bad report from the doctor yeah I did but I've got joy 
Didn't you just lose your job? Yep, but I, I, I still got joy. Aren't you having family problems? Yep, but I, I, I still got joy. You see, my joy is not based on what happens around me. My joy is based on how wonderful and how great and how mighty and how marvelous my God is. And because he is so awesome, I can stand here this morning and say, though the world forsake me, I still got joy. Though family and friends turn on me, I still got joy. Amen. I still got joy. Still got joy. If my car gets flooded, I still got joy. I was driving uh, yesterday. Addie and I were driving. We left the house. And I went. We, we just pulled out of the driveway and got a four-way stop. And pulled up to a stop sign. And it was my turn to go. And I gave my truck some gas. And it went, started shaking. And I said, uh-uh. Uh-uh. You're not getting my joy. You're not going to take my joy. I still got joy. I'm telling you, in spite of all that's happened in your life, you can still have joy. As a matter of fact, the greatest exchange program in the history of man is offered by God. He said, give me ashes. Give me the ashes. You know what ashes are, right? It's what's left over from what's been destroyed. So give me the residue of your destruction, and I'll give you beauty. Give me your mourning, your weeping, and your heartache, and, and, and I'll give you the oil of gladness or the oil of joy. Give, give me the spirit of heaviness. I'm going I'm to take an exchange here, and I'm going to give you the garment of praise. You ever, you ever traded in a car and you hope they didn't look too good at, under the hood? Am I preaching the right kind of people here? You ever took a car in and traded it in and thought, boy, I hope they don't test drive it too long. I hope they don't scratch the paint too much because the primer is Bondo. I hope they don't look too hard under the hood because it's two hamsters spinning a wheel that's keeping this vehicle going. See, God's not like that. He don't care. He just says, bring me what you got, and I'll give you what I got. And it's not even fair by comparison. But you got to bring me something so I can give you something. But, Lord, all I have is brokenness. Bring it to me. I got joy. All I've got is pain. I don't care. Bring it to me. I got joy. But, God, all I have is debt and destruction and, and, and all kinds of troubles in my life. God says, I don't care. Just give it to me. Give it to me. You see, there's got to be an exchange. You can't come to God empty-handed. I said, you can't come to God empty-handed. So I don't know about that. I ain't got nothing to give God. Yes, you do. Your poor, pitiful little spirit, you can give him that. That response right there, you can give the Lord that. But it's not much. You can give him that. He said, give me what you got. He said, I'll take the ashes. You want to know why God said for me to give you something, you got to give me something? Because he's not going to give you the all of joy while you're still holding on to mourning. He's not going to give you beauty so you can 
spill your ashes all over it. He's not going to give you a garment of praise while you're still holding on to the spirit of heaviness. In other words, God said, I'm not going to give you something that you're not going to be able to value. Give me what you've got. I'll give you. He said, give me your depression. I'll give you victory. Give me pain. I'll give you healing. Give me sickness. I'll give you healing. Give me, give me your poverty. I'll give you blessing. Give me your struggle. I'll give you a breakthrough. Quit trying to hold on to your little sad life and trying to get it. won't work. Let go of it. Make an exchange this morning and he'll turn it around. Somebody shout amen. 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 Look, at, look at your neighbor and say, hey, he, he's given, he, he wants to give you joy for your mourning. Come on, tell him he wants to give you a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. We used to sing, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Lift up your voice to God. We used to sing that all the time. You got to make an exchange at some point. Because there's nothing more pitiful than a saved person in a pity party. There's nothing, there's nothing more rancid than the smelly spirit of a redeemed person who's holding on to all of the adversities of their life while still trying to have breakthrough. It don't work. You got to give it up. Give up the pain. Well, I was done wrong. That's okay. He'll take that too. But you don't know what I went through. He'll take that too. But I'm different. He'll take that too. But you can't keep that and have victory in your life. I know, this, I know this, is, this is the antithesis. This goes against our society today because we promote people based on, based on their, their, their victimhood. Don't work in the kingdom of God. You got to lay that down. You want joy? Give him your mourning. You want gladness? Give him ashes. You want a garment of praise? Give him the spirit of heaviness. You want victory? Give him what you've been through. I've still got joy. I still got joy. Still got joy. In spite of it all, still got joy. You can be lied on and still have joy. You can be abused and still have joy. You can be cheated and still have joy. You can be sick and still have joy. You can have pain and still have joy. You can have problems and still have joy. The Bible says what is life, but, but it's full of trouble. Amen. But you can still have joy. You, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Your joy can't be based on who's sitting in the governor's mansion or who's sitting in the White House. Your joy needs to be based on he still sits on the throne and he reigns from on high. He's still the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And guess what? I still got joy.
Come on, look at somebody and tell them, I got joy. Amen. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 1, the prophet says, Sing, sing, O barren, that thou didst not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, thou that did not, didst not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Enlarge the place of thy tent and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitation. Spare not, lengthen thy cords and strengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. In other words, what the Lord was prophesying to Israel was this. He said, you need to learn to sing even when your cities are desolate. You need to learn to sing even when your womb is barren. You need to learn to sing Rockabye Baby even when you haven't had a baby yet. You need to learn how to sing in spite of what you feel has went wrong in your life. And God said when you sing, I'll make you inherit the Gentiles. I'll make you to inhabit the desolate places. Now, one, one could say this was prophetic, and it was, but in more than one sense. Because the Lord is saying something that totally doesn't make sense. He's saying, sing, O ye barren, that did not travail in childbirth. And he said, and if you'll sing, if you'll sing, everybody say sing. sing. Say sing. sing. He said, if you'll break forth into singing. He said, not only that, don't just break forth in singing, but you need to remodel your house. I'm still in the book. Now, I'm I'm putting a little more modern vernacular because we don't live in tents. He said, knock out out the the wall on the west side of your house and and, and start building on more bedrooms. Well, nothing in there said that she was going to have a baby. No. It was even more powerful than that. He said, "You, you lengthen your curtains, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. In other words, sing and start the expansion project. Why? Because God's going to put a baby in your womb? No. He said it's going to be even more powerful than that. You're going to inherit the Gentiles. Where maybe in your lifetime you would only be able to have four to seven, maybe children at most. He said, I'm going to do more than that. Because of your rejoicing and because of your singing, you're going to inherit the Gentiles. In other words, you're going to have thousands and tens of thousands of children where you would have only had one or two. This was prophetic to the church because what he was saying was, sing, O you barren. Because the Jews, they didn't want this revival. They rejected Christ. They rejected Pentecost. So God turned to the Gentiles and he said, sing, barren. I'll turn to them and I'll make a nation out of them. I'll make a holy people. You see, God's got ways to bless you that you can't even fathom and you can't even comprehend. So guess what? Expand the tent. Enlarge your house because God is going to give you that which he's promised. Oh, hallelujah. 
Oh, hallelujah. You need, you need to learn to sing. I said, you need to learn to sing. But pastor, I'm sad. I said, sing. But pastor, I'm depressed. I said, sing. But pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. Sing. I ain't got nothing. That's why you need to sing. You need to learn to sing when all you got is a song. You need to learn to sing. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This joy that I have, well, the world didn't give it to me. Oh, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. Well, the world didn't give it and the world can't take Come on, sing it one more time. Say, this joy. Come on, look at your neighbor and sing. Come on, this joy that I have. Well, the world didn't. Put your hand on your hip and tell them this joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me. Well, the world didn't give it. The world See, all I got's a song, but I'm gonna sing. I'm gonna sing, even though my womb is barren. I'm gonna sing, even though my house is empty. I'm gonna sing, even though there's no money in the account. I'm gonna sing, even though there's sickness in my body. I'm gonna sing, because I still got joy. I still got joy. I still got joy. But I got trouble. But I got joy. I got pain. But I got joy. I got sorrow. But I got joy. But I've got rejection. I got joy. I don't know what you got. But I still got joy. I still got joy. Woo. I still got joy. I still got joy. Go kind of easy on them, but slap somebody around and tell them, I got joy. Come on, slap them on the shoulder and say, I got joy. I got joy. You see, you see what I'm doing this morning? Hey man, I know it's gonna sound a little self-serving. And I know some probably take this out of context. Amen. But you know what your pastor's doing this morning? I'm preaching the spirit of heaviness up off of you this morning. If you'll get with what I'm saying, I'll preach depression off of you like Prozac can't take out of you. I'll t I'm gonna preach sadness off of you like nothing else could give you joy because there's joy, fullness of joy in the house of God. Somebody shout, still got joy. Shout it, still got joy. Still got joy. Got pain, but I still got joy. No matter what I say, I want you to echo still got joy. Ready? Got pain. Got crazy family. 
Got a crazy boss. Got a broke down car. Got a bad marriage. My kids are acting up. My bank account zero. I'm sick. Sickness in my family. Society's going crazy. I don't live where I want to live. But I still got joy. Joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Still got joy. Still got joy. Look at somebody and tell them, say, you look better than you did 20 minutes ago. You want to know why? The joy of the Lord is your strength. I, hard. You, want me to, you want me to preach it up off of you or are you good where you're at? Because it's just hovering over. You want me to preach it on out of your life for a little while? What, what's joy? Well, Mr. Webster says joy is the emotion invoked or evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune by the prospect of possessing what one desires. Let, let me read that again. It is the emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, or by the prospect of possessing what one desires. So if what you desire is earthly, you'll have happiness. But if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then your joy is not invested in men and cannot be dictated to by the success or failures of men. But when you are invested in a kingdom that cannot be seen with man's eyes, nor was it built with man's hands, then you can have joy. Now, to the people who don't know Jesus, those definitions might be true. <clears throat> that, that it's all dependent on what, they're, what they want in this life. But to the Christian, that's someone who should know Jesus, something different applies as it relates to our joy. This outward rejoicing comes from an inward satisfaction that I know Jesus. How, how, how come you can... How come you can shout and, and, and be happy? How, how can you be at a funeral and dance? Because if they died in the Lord, I got joy. Oh, I'm not happy they died. But I'm joyful because they, have, they are now reaping their reward. Now... Now, let me move on because Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10 says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Look at somebody and say, God's joy is my strength. 
now I said this in the opening and I, I want you to hold on to this because we think when I have joy I get strong and there is there is a level of truth to that but the biblical understanding of Nehemiah was when I do what God wants me to do he receives joy from my obedience and his joy in my obedience he will give me strength now this also was prophetic because as the priests were reading the law the people went wait a minute I can't go there anymore I can't do that anymore have you ever read the law of Moses huh it's not, there's not a whole lot of it you're going to jump up and start shouting about. All the thou shalt nots. Hey, if I was standing there in church and they said I couldn't eat bacon anymore, I'd weep too. Amen. Can't do, can't do that. And the people are just, I mean, they, they just come out of captivity. Nehemiah rebuilt the temple, rebuilt the walls. And Ezra, the priest, is up there reading the law of Moses. And they started mourning as if somebody had died. That, that sounds like me without bacon in my life. preacher had to step up and go hey knock it off how soon do you forget when they had a whip on your back you may have been able to eat whatever you wanted to eat but you weren't free you see freedom is not doing what I want when I want freedom is doing what he wants they started saying we can't do it he said yeah you can because when you obey the Bible says we have no greater joy than when our children come on finish it walk in let me say that again for we have no greater joy than when our children walk in so when we walk in truth God gets joy. When God gets joy, I get strength. And the, I'm going to preach it. I don't care. If, I'm going to preach it till the fuzz comes off of hell today. The reason why you're so weak is because you've not been obedient. But when you get obedient, God gets joy. When God gets joy, you get strength. My God, I feel like shouting right now. You've been struggling. You've been in the fight. All hell has come against you, but you still got joy. Some of you are saying, but I'm so weak. I can't take another step. Have you been obeying? Have you been walking with God? Have you been obeying his word? Because if you have, he'll give you strength from another world. You know what I want to do this morning? I want to make God happy. I want God to get joy. You can say I'm crazy, but I want to give God so much joy 
boy that he starts tapping his foot in heaven saying that's my child, that's my son, that's my daughter. Still got joy. I'm almost done. Amen. First Peter chapter 1, verse 5 through 8 says, Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Verse 6. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, Ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. The trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ whom having not seen ye love in whom uh, though now ye see him not yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory let me translate that to you when all hell breaks loose in your life and the temptations are strong and the battle you're in feels like a fiery furnace rejoice in the God of your salvation somebody shout rejoice now uh, brother Nate is a, a highly educated man help me with this and I know English was not your major but the word rejoice is compound word right two words right what are they Re, re-enjoice. What does re mean? Repeat. Huh? Again. So he says rejoice, which means to rejoice again. Amen. Somebody asked, what does repent mean? They said, pen again. Keep on pinting. What, is, what, what does rejoice mean? What does re mean? Again. What does joyce mean? Joy. So he says, again joy. Joy again. Again joy. Joy again. Again joy. Joy again. Point is, you can't rejoice until you've had joy. I said you can't rejoice until you first had joy and the word rejoice denotes that at some point that joy had been lost in the circumstance. So Peter said, don't just rejoice, rejoice. Get that joy again. How, how many feel like you're in a fight right now? Come on, raise your hand. You've been in a battle the last few months. Raise your hand real high. I'm preaching to you right now. First Peter chapter 4, verse number 12 says, Beloved, <laughs> think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing had happened to you. This is, this is Simon Peter being sarcastic. 
He's looking at him. He says, hey, don't freak out. When, when you have a fiery trial. He said, don't freak out when you have a fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing had happened. In other words, Simon Peter said, quit acting like a trial was never intended to happen to you. Are you still with me? He said, quit acting like a trial was something you were, you were supposed to avoid. He said, thinking not strange, because in the fiery trial, which try you as though some strange thing had happened to you. Verse 13. But, 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 joy again. Again, joy. Insomuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with Peter said, you're suffering? Cool. So did Jesus. So rejoice that he counted you worthy to participate and fellowship in his suffering. That's what Paul said. Oh, that I may know him in the fellowship of his suffering and in the power of his resurrection. And Peter took it a little further and he said, when you've experienced these sufferings, you need to rejoice and be glad with exceeding joy. Come on, somebody ought to shout, I'm on my way to heaven and I'm glad about it. I'm fighting hell and I'm okay with it because I still got joy. Whoop. Ah. Sister Amaret, thank you for being up here. The Bible says the disciples came to Jesus one day and they were so excited. They, he had sent them out to, to, to evangelize and they come back to him and they were and Jesus started listening to them. He listened to the song they were singing, if you would. And they were singing, saying, oh, demons are subject to us. Demons are subject to us. Demons are subject to us. And Jesus said, uh, hold on a second. I, I like the beat. The melody's okay. But we're going to have to change them words. And Jesus said, don't rejoice because demons are subject to you. Rather rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Because my joy is not tied to a defeated devil. My joy is connected to a sovereign Savior. Because there's going to be days I don't feel like casting out devils. There's going to be days I don't feel like shouting over deliverance. Oh, but brother and sister, hear me this morning. I can rejoice that my name is written in the Lamb's. He 
here's what the apostle said. The apostle said, no man shall pluck you out of his hand. In other words, I'm going to rejoice that I'm on my way to heaven and I'm glad about it. I got troubles, but I still got joy. I got problems, but I still got joy. I've got sickness, but I still got joy. Trials, but I still got joys. Bills due, but I still got joy. Difficulties, but I still got joy. Joy, 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 joy. I still got joy. Are you in a fiery furnace? Still got joy. You in a lion's den? You at the Red Sea? You in front of the walls of Jericho? Are you in prison? You being tried? Troubles? Sickness? Financial difficulty? Problems on the job? darkest hour of your life still got joy see you don't know like I know what he's done for me you can't tell it let me tell it what he's done for me I still still got joy I still got joy Isaiah 12 and 2 says behold God is my salvation I will trust and not be afraid for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song he also has become my salvation therefore with joy shall you draw water out of the wells an empty bucket you ought to bring that empty bucket to the altar this morning and go to the well of salvation I said you feel like you're, you're running low on joy don't mean you're backslid are you in the fight of your life? It doesn't mean you're lost. Here's what you need to do this morning. You need to grab a hold of your imaginary bucket right now. You need to walk to this altar. And you need to say, I'm going back to the well. I'm going back to the well of salvation. And I'm going to draw up water with joy. I'm going to draw up water with joy. David said in Psalms 51 and 12, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Still got joy. Still got joy. I said, I still got joy. Still got joy. Still got joy. Form your face, you still got joy. Look at your neighbor and say, Inform your face, you got joy. 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 When I think of his goodness and all he's done for me, my soul cries out. I still got joy. I still got joy. I 
I still got joy. So I don't got to be tickled to smile. I don't got to be prodded to dance. I don't have to have my shoulders rubbed to wave my arms because in spite of all the hell I'm in right now, I still got joy. Shout joy. Joy. Come on, shout joy. 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 I got joy. I got joy. From the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. I still got joy. joy you got joy look at your neighbor and say I don't look like what I've been through come on tell them I don't look like what I've been through if I look like what I've been through if I looked like what I've been through you wouldn't even want to look at me but I still got joy just because, hey, I got problems in this life. I'm not sitting on a bar stool with a tear in my beer whining about what I've been. I still got joy. I still got joy. I still got joy. Because God's alive. He's sovereign. He's on the throne. And I still got joy. In spite of all I've been through, I still got joy. I still got joy. I still got joy. There's joy in the house of the Lord this morning. There's peace in the house of the Lord this morning. And I still got joy. Still got joy. I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. Hey man, I don't know what you're waiting on. But if you need a breakthrough this morning, if you need salvation this morning, if you need a healing this morning, if you need a deliverance this morning, if you got something you need from the Lord, I'd come to this altar right now with a bucket and say, I'm drawing water out of the well of salvation. I'm going to draw up some joy. I'm going to draw up some joy. Hey, our revival's coming through joy. I said our revival's coming through joy. Our revival's coming through joy. We're not going to pity our way to revival. We're not going to mourn our way to harvest. With joy shall you draw water from the wells of salvation. I still got my joy. I still got my joy. In spite of what the doctor said, I still got joy. I still got joy. I still got joy. Come on, I still got joy. You can shout for joy. You can 
joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. you to let her know I still got joy in spite of all that I've been through. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus name.